Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. And welcome back to the Five Spot. I'm your host, Donovan McNabb, joined with Armando Segarro. And we're going to dive into a lot of the gossip as well as the exciting things that have been happening late in the season here. Great storylines, big-time games on the line. Also, things that may have a lot of meaning to people in the football world and outside of the football world. So now let's start with this big story that's been transpiring over the, the last football season, the Matt Ariza story. Uh, for those who don't know, Matt Ariza was a punter that was kicking for the Buffalo Bills. I believe he played with the San Diego State Aztecs. Some things happened at, at school uh, before drafted. Ended up going to Buffalo. There was uh, a charge that was sent down to Matariza uh, with he and some friends that happened at a party. Uh, everyone uh, kind of talked about the situation that pretty much had him guilty uh, before uh, things kind of transpired. And, and the problem I have with this whole deal was uh, – you're innocent till proven guilty. But now it seems like the world has labeled guys guilty and have to prove themselves innocent. And so I think it's unfair because things have kind of now went the opposite direction and and uh, he's been cleared uh, from the whole situation. Uh, I think that there should be some apologies sent his way. Uh, one, also having an opportunity to be put or ha- allowed to fulfill his dream of playing and kicking in the NFL. Uh, he's an athlete that's, that's worked extremely hard to put himself in this position. It's unfortunate that his name was uh, presented uh, in this uh, tough situation. Uh, and I think also as a player and a former player, um, I think he's proven that he should be given that opportunity. Uh, if I was a teammate of his, I would welcome him back and, and uh, you know, just continue to support him. And, and his dream and, and give him that opportunity. Armando, uh, from your perspective, when you see and read this story and now knowing the result of it, uh, as a uh, a Hall of Fame voter, uh, a reporter, uh, and a guy who has have followed the NFL for many years now, where do you stand and what do you expect to happen from this point on? Well, Donovan, um, this one's rough, man, uh, because obviously it involves a, a, an allegation that nobody ever wants to be a part of, touch, right. uh, and certainly not experience, and that is uh, rape. Right. And uh, this woman accused Matt Ariza of being part of a gang rape scenario. at a Halloween party at San Diego State University. And uh, so Matariza the whole time was saying there was, you know, sex involved with her, but never in a never in a gang rape setting. And it was consensual. Uh, 
It just so happens that she was 17 at the time, too. Um, and, of course, in today's society, uh, there's a rush to judgment. And there is a, a rush to get it out there as quickly as possible, have a, a, a take as quickly as possible in the media and, you know, decide things. And the judge and jury uh, are so far down the road that oftentimes either the victim or alleged assailant are already decided upon when even the trial begins months, sometimes years later. So I think we know that's what happened here. There was a bunch of people that, that decided that they knew what had happened that night, even though they weren't there. And among those people was the Buffalo Bills. And that's where it gets kind of crazy because Matariza was drafted by the Buffalo Bills. And let's understand what that means. That means the Buffalo Bills spent months and months and months looking at Matariza, studying him, putting, putting a dossier together, basically, of who that guy is as a person right. and deciding whether he fit the Buffalo Bills not just as an athlete, a punter, somebody that can help on the field, but someone that we could bring into our locker room, into our culture, and have him join us, our family, the brotherhood. And three days after they found out these allegations, they cut Matariza. So everything that they had known when they drafted him, signed him to a four-year contract worth 3.8 million dollars they decided no we don't we don't want anything to do with this and so if we're gonna talk about rush to judgment we gotta start with the buffalo bills the buffalo bills that's where it begins and you know the question should be posed to them now hey you were wrong about matariza what are you going to do about it to make it right? It's funny you bring that up because that's that's kind of the um, the starting point that people do not want to go to, and that being the Buffalo Bills, because if you've done your due diligence before drafting this young man, you understand his character, you, understand, you see his personality, you've talked to his coaches, uh, you've talked to his trainers, former teammates. Uh, you've done all that you needed to do to find out more about Matariza. And, and the thing about people that, that people don't understand is when it comes to uh, draft picks, players that you're interested in, they're going to find out any and everything that you don't expect them to find out. And then so now you look at it in a sense, when you draft this young man, did you not do your due diligence? Did, were you in a position where it was a need? Uh, and you said, well, we need a kicker. And we go out and go get Matariza, but we don't find out any information about him. Because if you knew of uh, this situation, which I guarantee they didn't knew, know of, of this situation, because when it hit, the first thing it looked like the Buffalo Bills did was just throw their hands up and like, we, we can't be involved in this. We're not in support of this. And no one is in support of it. And I want everyone to understand that it, it, is, it is an allegation that you do not want to be a part of. And... Uh, for any player or hu- normal hu- human being, 
no, this is this is unacceptable. Uh, it is it is not something that that should happen or go on, uh, and and we don't agree with that by any means. But but going forward, if you didn't find out all the information that you needed before you rushed to judgment as the Buffalo Bills did and cut him, that now kind of questions of Matariza and his his uh, support staff. Do they go after the Buffalo Bills? Because they can actually go after the Buffalo Bills for rushing the judgment of, of, you know, of releasing him and pretty much throwing his name in the dirt, you know, defaming the young man, uh, because now he has no job. He has no opportunity. He's already proven innocent. And, and do the Buffalo Bills bring him back with good graces and re-sign him to the deal that he had? Or will Matariza and his support staff sue the the Buffalo Bills for the rush to judgment and, you know, cutting ties with them? Well, so I'm sure that somewhere in the United States, Matariza can find a lawyer willing to sue an NFL team for <laughs> wrongful termination. Right. I believe that person probably exists okay. in today's litigious society. Litigious. I'm just guessing... Okay, I, <laughs> I don't know, but I'm thinking that there's a lawyer out there somewhere that would go, yeah, let's <laughs> go get this. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm not sure that that would be very smart. True. By Matariza. Right. Uh, first of all, I, I'm not a lawyer. I, you know, although I, 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 I'm not a lawyer. Uh, you stated the holiday in Express. Although I do fight traffic tickets like like the Dickens <laughs> when I need to, but I'm not a lawyer. Are you parking oh, illegally? I was only going 132 miles an hour. Um, no. <laughs> True story. I'll tell you someday. <laughs> I, I really was one time. Anyway, the, the point being that it's not smart on his part because the end game for Matt Ariza is to get into the NFL. To get back, to get back. Right. And and one of the ways of doing that is not to sue an entity of the NFL. That's right. I mean, Brian Flores did it, and it hasn't, you know, affected his career to a huge degree, but nor has it nor has it carried weight either. It's died uh, down. Correct. I, I, I'm just thinking, dude. Let just be you and 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 work out and try to put this behind and try to, if you have to, forgive. Even if you don't forget, hope other people forget. Um, but I will say this: the question now becomes, what lessons have the Buffalo Bills learned, if any? What lessons do Thankfully, NFL teams that weren't involved but were looking at the situation from afar, what lessons have they learned? And it brings up the whole Von Miller incident because Von Miller is, is a guy that, you know, on the bye week was arrested for domestic violence against his pregnant girlfriend. <laughs> Whoa. Uh, and so that's a bad day for everybody involved, for Von Miller, for the girlfriend, for for the, you know, for the Buffalo Bills organization. They stuck 
with Von Miller. And so I, I have to wonder, did they do that because they learned a lesson from Matt Ariza or did they do that because, um, you know, it was just a proven player as opposed to a rookie that you've known for, you know, six months, uh, if that. And, you know, you don't have a big cap number on him. My, that's that's a question that 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 will play out here. Um, I'm hoping that it's because they learned a lesson from the Matariza saga. I think it may be a little bit of both, to be honest with you, Armando. I think it's it's they don't want to put themselves back in that same position uh, and kind of emotionally make a, a rash decision. And then it comes back to bite them again, especially with a veteran player. Uh, and then also, I think it also, the fact that he's a veteran player that has been in the league long enough, I think he had an incident back when he was in Denver uh, as well with, with his girlfriend or uh, uh, baby mama, I don't know, baby mama or girlfriend at that particular time. Um, so this is this is not the first incident, but also I think they don't want to rush the judgment because he is a all pro veteran in the league, uh, someone who can help them uh, at this particular point. Uh, so I think it's it's one in which people on the outside may look at it and say, well, why didn't they do that to Vaughn? And then they can come back and say, well, we're, we're doing our due diligence um, and finding got gathering more information before we move to a decision uh, that's best for this organization. And they'll put a statement out something that says something to that effect. So, um, again, uh, it, it's it's a tough situation for both sides, and, and I think um, we have to we have to look at it as such, where we continue to find out more information like they do. One thing I will say: the Matariza incident is yeah. going to affect all everyone. Of all of sports society. Absolutely. You're absolutely right. Because from here on out, everyone who, who, who was initially going, this is terrible. Uh, you know, cut the guy. He's done. He's finished. He's out of here. Right. Everybody is now going to, I believe, in my opinion, going to dial back to, we have to find out the facts. We cannot rush to judgment. Remember right. what happened to Matt Ariza. Right. And so he will become the poster child for temperance. He yeah. becomes the poster child for let's let the legal system play out. Right. And not do something or say something rash because we weren't there. We don't know the facts and and people's lives are at stake. And it used to be, we weren't there. We don't know the facts. He shouldn't have been there. He's out of here. Yeah. Um, I think society in sports is going to dial back and say, oh, whoa, hold on a second. Let's let stuff play out. And that's going to be hard initially because there are certain sections of society that will go, you need a decision right now. Let's go. He did right. it. Um, uh, it's going to be interesting to see how the next one plays out. Well, you know, I, I think 
a lot of that judgment comes for when you suspend a guy and then you're on paid leave. That's when people are like, how are you still paying this guy? You know, and then the judgment comes. I think when you suspend people indefinitely, um, you know, then people want to go to the financial aspects of, or are you still paying this man? And, and why is he a part of your organization? So it'll be something going forward. We'll definitely take a look at uh, and the decisions that are made by other organizations in other sports uh, if a situation like this arises. But let, let's move on to uh, a big game that's happening this weekend. Uh, Buffalo Bills versus the Dallas Cowboys. This, this game has a lot of meaning for both teams. Uh, one, the Buffalo Bills coming off a, a great win for them over the Kansas City Chiefs. They're fighting to continue to maintain that spot uh, in the AFC playoffs. The Dallas Cowboys are, are on a roll. They're they're striking on both sides of the ball. Dak Prescott is playing at an MVP level. CeeDee Lamb has established himself as the number one number one receiver for the Cowboys and one of the top three receivers in the NFL. So, uh, Armando, when you look at this situation, where do you see uh, the Dallas Cowboys in this game versus the Buffalo Bills that have been struggling on both sides of the ball up until this point? Does Dallas take full advantage of this? Or will this be one that Josh Allen has to become Superman in order to carry this team up over the hump? Well, so the Dallas Cowboys have been telling everybody that they're the best team in the NFL. Uh-huh. And they're not actually saying those words. They're, Dak Prescott isn't going uh, into press conferences and going, we're the best team in the NFL. Right. <laughs> and, and, and Mike McCarthy is isn't doing that either. Uh, so, right? Hold on, give it to me one more time. What is Mike, Mike McCarthy. McCarthy. <laughs> he's, he's not doing that either, right? right. Um, but what they're doing tells you that they might be because the Cowboys have scored 33 points or more mm-hmm. in five consecutive games. Right. They've scored 33 points or more in six out of their last seven games. Right. They've scored 40 points or more in six games this year. Dang it. They're good. <laughs> they're, right. they're really exactly. – They're really – and by the way, their defense is good too because the defense with those pick sixes and everything, they are right. – they're part of those 40 points and 30 points and all that. Right. So – that's what they've been telling us. If they don't beat the Buffalo Bills, everybody will doubt them. Everybody well, will doubt them. Well, everyone will doubt them because it goes back to, again, the Dallas Cowboys are the, um, I would say, the launching pad for those who just don't like to see the Cowboys win. Uh, I'm not a fan of the Cowboys, obviously, uh, but I am a Dak, <laughs> Pres- <laughs> I'm a Dak Prescott fan. Um, but also, too, I think this is big for the Cowboys because it, it does prove a lot. It proves that uh, they can continue to play at the at elite level versus the so-called elite teams or players, and those players rise, meaning the Dak Prescotts, the CeeDee Lambs, the Demarcus Lawrences, the the Parsons. Uh, you know, now in this position, the Blands and the Gilmores. Because now it's funny we bring Bland up when normally we would say, uh, that that would be Diggs, Diggs and Gilmore. So those elite players that are 
the players that are the face of the franchise, so to speak, are playing at the level that that are expected by Jerry Jones and McCarthy and those guys. And we're starting to see that. And so they knock off the if they, they knocked off the Philadelphia Eagles, they, if they knock off the Buffalo Bills, uh, they have a few other teams that that are on the list. And then obviously your favorite, the commanders um, to end things off uh, and see how that plays out. But again, for the Cowboys, I don't look at it that way. I look at it to see how this streak of offensive production continues on because they don't have a featured back uh, because the tight end Schultz is now in Houston and Ferguson is elevating his game. Uh, Cooks is now starting to rise as that number two option. Um, remember, it was before it was, you know, you were trying to figure out who's their number one, who's their number two. Now we really know. So, uh, and then to end it all, Dak Prescott's not turning the ball over. And so I want to see that on the Buffalo Bills side because Josh Allen is turning the ball over. Um, Cooks is, you know, running the football well for him. You know, is it going to be more about, their tight end who's elevating his game, the young tight end that they drafted. Uh, and then Diggs, is he going to outshine, um, you know, C.D. Lamb? And so I think this is one of those 35, 31, you know, it's one of those maybe 27, 20 type of games uh, that the quarterback, one quarterback is going to have two interceptions. Another one's going to have four touchdown passes uh, to see the evaluation of how this goes. Yeah, so this is a Micah Parsons game that's coming up. Uh, Micah Parsons has had a good season, not not, not the defensive player of the right. year season that he put together uh, previously. Um, I, I'm not a big believer in the Buffalo Bills offensive line. I think that they can be had by elite players, and Micah Parsons is one of those. So. Yeah. Uh, I am predicting a big game for Micah Parsons. Um, the Bills are in playoff mode. They can't they can't afford to lose, and they know it. Yeah, and that is kind of a hard place to be for an entire month, and then the playoffs start. Uh, obviously, they put themselves there, right? But it's hard to mentally, I would assume, go. We must win. If, if we lose, we're out. That's a hard situation to be in week after week after week after week. They're embracing it. Right. But I'm telling you, after a while, it's going to it's going to have an effect. Um, maybe maybe they can they're the exception and can carry it for, for a really long time. But emotionally, psychologically, that's a hard that's a hard ask of an entire football team. And I'm not sure that they can do that. I, uh, I will say this one last thing on the Cowboys. We, we should mention that Mike McCarthy, um, <laughs> you know, he took over the offensive play calling this year. Right. And it reminds me of what he's done. It reminds me that that dude is an assassin calling plays that dude can call plays yes uh, he had given it up uh he had turned it over to kellen moore the last few years um 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Wow. <laughs> you know what? Let, let me let me uh, chime in there and, and let me start with the Buffalo Bills just real quick on your comments. Desperation could either make you or break you. And I think for the Buffalo Bills, it was needed. And I don't think that there's that much weight on their shoulders than what it really is anyway. So the approach and the mentality is still the same. But from, from a verbal standpoint they'll talk about this is playoff mode for us. So it's just something for an extra push for them. And we've all been through that that phase when you start out slow or you lull in the middle of the season where now, hey, this is like playoff for us. We got to elevate our game. And so it's it's kind of a mentality that they have. It's nothing extra uh, that they have to add to what they've been doing. But for Mike McCarthy, I'm I'm with you on that. He, he's Remember, go back to Green Bay. What was the problem with he and Aaron Rodgers? We were saying – the offense is stale. They're becoming predictable. You know, everything was about Aaron Rodgers and not so much about the play calling and Aaron having to execute the plays. So everyone took the side of Aaron, and that's when it all started went downhill for McCarthy in Green Bay. Now, he took some time off and let Kellen Moore call the plays, which they were top three offenses in the league of what they were doing. But it would, the production, when needed, just wasn't there. So what he did was he incorporated more of a running attack, you know, so to take pressure off a of Dak. Now, has that running attack been effective? No, not necessarily, but it's still something that they can go to because I mentioned they don't have a featured back. Tony Pollard is a three down back. Don't get me wrong. He's more of a splash guy. Ezekiel Elliott would have been excellent in this offense, but Zeke is now in, in New England uh, kind of rotten uh, in, in this phase, but he might come back uh, next offseason. Uh, but you know what the thing about it that I'm impressed with more of a Dallas is that Dak Prescott is using his legs. He's using his legs, getting outside the pocket. He's scrambling, picking up yards. That that kind of puts defenses on notice where you have to stay in your, your zone before you drop or before you rush, whatever it may be, because – now you have a quarterback. Not only is throwing the football effectively, he's spreading the ball around. Um, he's reading defense and, and getting the ball out with time more than he has over the last couple of years. And if nothing's open, he'll pick up four to five to six yards with his legs, which shortens third down, which make it manageable for most offenses. Obviously, you're a big fan of uh, Dak Prescott. You're a believer in him. Cam Newton says he's a game manager. And, and this is this is the thing that I, I want to mention for those who may not have heard uh, Cam Newton's comments. Number one, before I get into it, Cam Newton was a starting quarterback in the NFL. Cam Newton took his team to a Super Bowl. Cam Newton won Rookie of the Year. He was the youngest at the at the time to to throw for ten thousand yards. Uh, Cam Newton was the face of the franchise for the Carolina Panthers, uh, and so on and so on. So Cam Newton now has his podcast and 
he talks about an array of th- different things on his podcast, not just all sports. Uh, so when Cam made this comment about game managers in the NFL, it was an uproar. One, because a lot of people don't want to hear Cam Newton speak. Number two, people don't think that Cam is is a viable resource. Uh, Cam is so-and-so. Cam is this. Cam is Listen, Cam can say whatever it is he wants to say. He has his own opinion. And is he wrong in certain senses? No, he's not wrong. Um, there are game managers in this league. You know, they, it's nothing wrong with being a game manager. Game managers last for 15, 18 years in this league. You know, because you're in a system. If you're in a system long enough, that system becomes you. And you make the system look great with the people around you. Now, are you an all? Are you an all star? Are you a, a a future Hall of Famer? No, you may not be. But when he listed the guys that are game managers, the Brock Purdy's, um, you know, the Jared Goffs, you know, those particular guys, I I wouldn't say that they're true game managers because one, I think Jared Goff deserves a little bit more credit uh, for what he's doing. Uh, but is he a superstar? He's not. Brock Purdy. He's only been in one system and only been there for, what, three years now? Um, is he a system quarterback? I would say yes. I would say he's a system quarterback. Uh, is he a game manager? Yeah, I think he's a game manager. Is he good at what he does? Absolutely he is. Is Dak Prescott a game manager? I wouldn't say that he's a game manager, no. Um, is he a superstar? No, he's not a superstar. But is he playing great right now? He's absolutely playing great. So I think people need to take the tag of game manager off and just say, hey, is he a star or isn't he a star? More than just saying game manager. Where to begin? All right. So, so first of all, so that we understand, Cam Newton said that Purdy is a game manager, that Dak is a game manager, that Tua is a game manager, and Goff is a game manager. Whatever, man. First of all, I'm glad that that Cam Newton was using his words and his platform and speaking his thoughts rather than writing them because he has some messed man, up all of that use. Yes. I'm what? like, what is that? Like... Reading glasses won't help you understand that stuff. Uh, hieroglyphics are not it, Cam Newton. Get rid of that crap. It's not good. It, right. it, whoa. We're, we're not loving that. <laughs> Having said that, it, in the old days, a game manager was a guy that, you know, was basically dink and dunk. Check and- out Charlie. Check down Charlie, couldn't really uh, be dynamic in any sort of way. I think that's the word, dynamic. Um, Under Cam Newton's definition, Joe Montana would be a game manager. So how crazy is that? Joe Montana was not a game manager, but under his definition, that's exactly what Joe Montana would be because – Joe Montana was running the West Coast. He wasn't necessarily being dynamic and moving and doing these crazy things. You know who was dynamic during that era? It was Dan Marino. No one said he was a game manager. 
No one said back then that Joe Montana was either, but I'm using now Cam's definition. Well, let me ask you one thing. Is was yeah. in that in that whole definition and that you brought up Dan and also with Joe, do you see Tom Brady in New England as a game manager? Under Cam's definition, yes. I don't believe Tom Brady was a game manager. I don't believe uh, Joe Montana was, and I don't believe Dan Marino was. Because why? Because I saw them be dynamic. Uh, and game managers are not dynamic. When you are throwing 50 touchdowns a season, uh, because Bill Belichick decided to get you some wide receivers, and one of them is Randy Moss, you are not a game manager. You are throwing the ball 50 yards down the field, and it's that right there. Time. Remember, that happened one time. Like, he, he didn't put up great numbers, even with with Welker and, and Edelman. Now, when Randy got there, that was a whole different dynamic right there. Dynamic. He had a 5,000-yard season in Tampa, I think. No? Yeah, yes, with... With Antonio Brown, Mike Evans, Godwin. Yes. And that was with a different system, right? A different system. <laughs> different system. Yeah. Uh, my, my point on Purdy and all these guys, I don't think Brock Purdy is a game manager. Uh, and I'm sorry. I, I Look, he's dynamic. And this is, you know how I know? Tell me who leads the NFL in yards per attempt. Oh, that's Brock Purdy. Almost 10 yards per attempt. There's nobody else over nine. Uh, so how is he, like, managing the game and checking down and doing this? Oh, because he's got all this talent around him. Everybody else got talent around them. I mean, Lamar Not Jackson. Does. <laughs> well, you know, Not nowadays. Does. <laughs> nowadays. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what time did you just bring up? Did you bring Lamar Jackson's name up? Yeah, I mean, everybody says, oh, he's dynamic, he's awesome, blah, 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 blah. he's a dual threat. Uh, Brock Purdy is averaging 9.9 .9 yards per attempt. Lamar is averaging 7.8. And Lamar's Passing. got... Passing. Yeah. yeah. Odell Beckham Jr. Odell ain't been there, but what, 50% of the time? 60, maybe 60% of the time? Can't bring Odell up. Can't bring what? Odell up. What? Can't bring Mark Andrews up because Mark Andrews has been hurt. Well, he's, got, well, he's, got Zay, he's got Zay Flowers. He's got Zay Flowers in, in, in the running game. But he Lamar Jackson is dynamic, though. He's that see, that's a different class. A quarterback. He's not a dynamic passer. He's he's a dynamic player. He's a dynamic player. I never said dynamic passer, but he's a dynamic player. And that's the thing is as a quarterback. We can't just kind of label, you know, pocket passer to running quarterback like the old days. Remember, it's a quarterback. And so is Brock Purdy a, a, a good quarterback? Absolutely. Is he a superstar? I think he's he's elevating to star status. But I, when I look at star status for where we are, the Joe Burrows, the Patrick Mahomes, uh, you know, Josh Allen at times, that's superstar status. Um you know, is Dak Prescott there? This year, he's definitely emerged up there, right? This year, Brock Purdy, he's emerging. Um, Jared Goff, no, he's not emerging anymore. It's just now he's plateaued where we're expecting to see more from Jared. Tua Tonga Malone, we just talked about that in, in the game 
that was played on Monday night. You talked about it. When Tariq Hill's out, Tua kind of looks like he shrinks a bit. And so uh, do we put those particular guys that he mentioned on the same level as the Patricks, the Joes, the Josh, the Nada Dax, and even with Purdy? We don't put Tua and Jared in, in that, that uh, category. I'm not going to ding guys because no, I'm not. I'm not discrediting them by any means. No, I, I'll happily discredit people. It's just <laughs> that I, I, I won't discredit them because they have talent around them. That's right. not a negative. That's right. a positive. Yes, We've talked about it. Not everybody had talent around them consistently. Fair, but all all the great players, all most. I would say 90% of the great players and nearly 100% of the great coaches in the NFL had either great talent around them or great talent playing for them. You don't get to like a Hall of Fame or an elite level in a team sport without great guys helping you because otherwise you're the one – you. Look, maybe there's one guy that's the exception, and that's Barry Sanders. Uh, and Because I don't know how he did it. But otherwise, you, you have to have great guys around you to be great. Uh, I mean, am I wrong? Yeah, I mean, not everybody has had a true number one receiver all of their career, or at least 90% of their career. And at the quarterback position, I can speak to that, that if you don't have a true number one receiver, it's it's hard to have that effectiveness. And remember, Josh Allen's career changed when they brought Stephon Diggs in. Before then, You're it wasn't. My point. But yes, and you but but what I'm saying is for the for the listeners and the viewers, everyone looks at the quarterback to do everything. Yes, we're supposed to do everything. But we need help. We need help. You see what's going on in Kansas City. Kansas City can't get a receiver to run run a great route, catch the ball, or create separation. So he goes stay on sides. But he has the tight end. He has to, you know, he has Travis Kelsey. So I, I think it's it's one in which you do need help, yes, but you need help outside for guys that can be dynamic. The offensive line is great. If you got a great offensive line, that's outstanding. You know, not everybody has that, but you do have one, two, uh, three guys that, that kind of flourish and do their job. But you need some weapons on the outside to help you be able to flourish at the quarterback position. And again, I think you're, you're, you're agreeing with me. I, I hear you agreeing with me. You, you got to have guys to be a guy. You, you, you need guys. So, uh, does, so does Tua, does Tua in your eyes put him in that position for the game manager, like, like Cam said? But he has Tariq on the outside. Was he a game manager that game where he threw six touchdown passes on the Baltimore Ravens defense last year? I'm just wondering, is that game managing? Oh, we're down 30. I'm going to throw six touchdowns, five of them in the fourth quarter. Uh, 
that's that's some great game management there. Hey, I I think Tua is perfect for that system that Mike McDaniel's runs. He's perfect for because he shows how fast you can get the ball out when it's on time, where it needs to be. He's doing everything he's supposed to be. Who else does that? Brock Purdy in that system. Being able to get the ball out, allow his receivers to make plays for him, you know, turn a 14-yard completion into a 50-yard touchdown. Nothing wrong with that. I see nothing wrong with that. But our definition, me and you as being older, our definition is different from what it was back then. The chest, the check down Charlies are more of the game managers. The guys now are more of the splash type of quarterbacks. It's either you utilize with your legs, either you're dynamic from the pocket, or you can do both. And, and that's what makes you that superstar status kind of climbing at that particular point. That's, 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 that's accurate. That's fair. I, 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 one, one last thing I need to say about this. Um, do I take Brock Purdy over Cam Newton? Yeah, I do. Do I take Dak over? Do I take Dak? See, over this Cam is, Newton? this is what happens. Everybody starts to bring Cam to comparing them to everyone that's playing now. Like, come on, Armando. We can't do that. We can't do that because then people get mad at me and then they're like, oh, well, I would take Jalen over Donovan or I would take Dak Prescott over Donovan. Listen, you can take whoever you want over me, but the numbers don't lie. Uh-uh. No. <laughs> uh, do I take Dak over Cam Newton? Yeah, I do. <laughs> I do. Oh, my Cam God. Newton... By definition, when was Cam Newton not a game manager? Because he had one season where he had 30, more than 30 touchdown passes. One. He had one season where he Don't averaged... do this, Armando. We, we're not about to bring his stats into this whole deal. I'm going to take a the big... face of the franchise. He was a pro <laughs> bowler. He was he made all pro once. Uh yeah, he made all pro once. He was rookie of the year. Took his team to a Super Bowl. We're not going to be comparing the young guys now to back when Cam played. I I voted for him. I was <laughs> voting for him at that point, but I recognize he's a game manager. Oh God! <laughs> Two to one interception, touchdowns to interception, only one time in twelve years. Come oh, on, man! Come on! Come on! See, was Nick Foles a game manager? Absolutely. <laughs> right. Absolutely. Yes. Right. That, yes. That, that, <laughs> all right. Yes. I, um, I'll say this. Nick Nick Foles won a Super Bowl. That he did. Um, the year that Peyton Manning won his last Super Bowl, Peyton Manning, who by every definition. Say it. Say it. Throughout his career was awesome. That year that he won his last Super Bowl, he was injured. He could hardly throw the ball. He nah, was a I, I, game don't, manager. Don't, don't say that. See how you try to add that part in there? He was injured. He wasn't he himself. Was. He All year, he wasn't himself. <laughs> all year. All year. All year, he wasn't himself. But we can't just, we can't, we can't, we can't just label one year as a game manager. Now, now don't get me wrong. I think a lot of people look at that sense and, and they say, well, you know what? He went to Denver. He won a Super Bowl with him. The defense helped him win, win that Super Bowl. And that was against – yes. and, and who was that against? 
Cam I don't Newton. Cam, ah. Newton. Cam Newton. <laughs> One game manager beat the other. Oh, my God. <laughs> you, <laughs> good morning, my show. Hey, Cam wasn't no game manager. <laughs> oh, my God. Hey, I want to thank you guys for joining us here at the Five Spot. Listen, we have us a great time, and we want you to as well. Join us next week, Tuesday, as we bring you more information of what happens this weekend. A lot of explosive games with meaning. We will be tuning in. Make sure you tune in and prepare for the next show because we're going to continue to manage the game the right way. <laughs>